All right, so hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the show again. Dry uh, Monday here. We are on Empowering Monday, and today I have a guest with me, uh, Miss Natasha Ayla. Uh, she and I go way back. Um, <laughs> in instance, what we were seven. Yes, um, I believe. Yes, and um, now. Um, one of the reasons why I've uh, been very keen to bring uh, Natasha on the show is uh, number one, obviously, uh, she will have a lot to share from a woman's perspective on the current COVID uh, situation and as well as uh, juggling the needs and the challenges of being a female uh, both professionally and at home. So, before we start uh, talking about uh, more serious stuff, I'm going to start with some rapid fire questions for his okay. uh, daily call or I love. Um, <laughs> Nat. Nat, Nat for you, okay. <laughs> uh, Nat, which school did you go to? Um, Convent Bukit from primary right up to secondary. Yes, TV and for life, right? <laughs> uh, okay, the question that will come, of course, is which uh, sports house were you in? Sports house? Yeah, when you were in primary, um, primary or secondary? Yeah, <laughs> <And> both. <laughs> <laughs> I think primary was blue, was it? Oh my god, I can't remember. But secondary is green, Xavier. Uh, Yes. Yeah, Xavier. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what Xavier? Just very, yeah. very, very popular. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> what is your current profession? I'm a doctor. Specifically, I'm an ENT specialist, ear, nose, and throat. Ear, nose, and throat. Um, okay. uh, uh, are you uh, still practicing? You are correct. Yes, I am still serving the government. Okay. Tell, tell us a bit about what uh, inspired you to get into that profession. Um, maybe because my dad is a doctor. He's a pediatric surgeon. Um, and and as when I was a kid, he constantly takes me, you know, to the hospital, following, doing his rounds and things like that. So as a kid, I was like, okay, maybe this is just for me. So I sort of just grow into it. Yeah, right. like a natural thing for me. Yeah. Okay, so uh, on to your next rapid, question, uh, rapid fire question. What is your book or hobby? Oh, book. Honestly, I don't think I've read a book in its recent years. Medical book, okay? <laughs> exactly. I, in the past two, three years, maybe I've not been reading any storybook. I don't have the time. But um, if I have to choose, maybe um, The Kite Runner. Uh, I like that book. Good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you do um, a very, very busy life. So we can imagine how you know difficult it is to find time. Yeah, exactly. I don't have the time um, at the moment. Yeah. Maybe later. <laughs> Uh, again, another nugget of information about Natasha. When we were in school, she used to read so much. I remember yeah. one of those that would just inhale the books. 
<laughs> all the books you would have read already. Okay. Um, and apart from reading, do you have any other hobbies? I sing, and um, music is my hobby. <laughs> I'm sure you know that. <laughs> so, um, to the audience um, who don't know uh, Natasha very well, she's actually known as the singing doctor. And <laughs> that one of your, probably one of the best moments uh, in your singing career is singing at the Formula One Gala dinner. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. It was. Mm. So she's got a beautiful. Beautiful voice. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know that your family is also musically inclined, correct? Yeah. My siblings and my parents, yeah. Mm. And you've uh, passed that on to your children? Yeah. Um, I have three kids and my first two, they all, both of them, <laughs> both of them play an instrument. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Who has inspired you, um, either professionally or personally? Is there anyone that has inspired your journey? I think I have to say it's my mom. I think oh. she's my biggest inspiration, honestly. Um, yeah, for her sacrifices and all the things she's done for us. So, yeah. Athena and mommy. <laughs> Um, and is your mom, um, uh, was your mom also a professional uh, working? Um, she wasn't. Uh, she owns, uh, she owned a child care center before, uh, previously, yeah. Mm -hmm. Currently she's not working, yeah. Okay. Uh, final rapid fire question. If you lived in an alternate universe, what would your dream job or dream profession be? It's easy. I would, I would be a singer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you ever I answered that uh, in a heartbeat? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Have you ever considered making that a career? Of course, but not anymore. Not at my age. So no. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I know. You're still young, I know. <laughs> but maybe just as a hobby, not as a career, not anymore, yeah. Okay, alright. Uh, so now we're going to the, the meaty part of the interview. Um, I understand, I mean, we've spoken, we've touched a bit about uh, the fact that you're a medical professional. Uh, mm. About what you do. Um, yeah, so like I said, I'm an ENT doctor, ear, ear nose, and throat. Um, so my daily work uh, consists of, you know, doing ward rounds, seeing patients in clinic and um, in the operating theatre as well. So I'm, I'm also a surgeon. Um, so ENT cases, basically, you know, common cases that we see are like tonsillitis, you know, sinusitis, allergic rhinitis. And of course, we have more severe cases like all this malignancy and tumors of the head and neck region so basically everything head and neck those are my territory yeah so um, that's what i do and i'm currently practicing in hospital serdang uh, which is a government hospital mm. so um why ent was that a, a fascination that you had or was it an interest or uh is it because you you noticed that you know there is a need 
um, for that uh, specialization here? Um, for me, even as a medical student, I've always wanted to be an ENT doctor. Maybe because when I was young, I suffer from sinus problem, you know, throughout actually from young, even till now. And so as I was studying medicine, I know I want to be an ENT doctor. I want to be an ENT surgeon. So, um, and even as I was working, you know, I put my interest, ENT cases as my main interest. So, and eventually I went into it. Yeah. Mm. Does it help with your singing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. The berdengung a bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I shouldn't cure my sinus. <laughs> <laughs> going on, right? <laughs> so now that we've established that you are uh, within the uh, ecosystem of the medical profession, uh, mm. a little bit. Now that the, the the whole world is going through this pandemic, uh, how mm. has it affected <clears throat> your life? Uh, it's affected everyone's life. Uh, but yeah, hear it from you. Um, both. Uh, in the workspace um, as well as at home. Yeah, like you said, I think this COVID pandemic is affecting everyone tremendously um, globally, you know, every single person, I think. Um, And um, for me, if I speak about my work, I think I speak on behalf of all the healthcare um, personnel as well. And I think in general, um, at at where I work, which is in a hospital, um, there were a huge reshuffling that we needed to be done initially, you know, when they announced the MCO and, um, and these things had to be uh, arranged and put together within a very short period of time, almost overnight even, you know. And as you know, this COVID pandemic is like unprecedented. So there were no clear guidelines, there were no, you know, protocol for us to follow that was readily available so we just had to follow from our neighboring countries what they've gone through and just follow them as examples so so initially there were a lot of meetings a lot of discussion how do we do this what do we do so um logistically we had to you know arrange um things like sort of putting stickers on the floor and to ensure that they don't you know crowd together, blocking chairs. And then we had to create screening areas at the hospital lobby, also at our department level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had to collect things like thermal scanners. And, you know, we have thousands of patients that come in every day. So we needed thermal scanners like desperately overnight, you know. So, um, yeah, things like that. And the thing is, I think literally everyone, nurses, medical assistants, medical officers, they all came together as a team and they worked really hard to ensure these things is carried out. And so I think um, uh, it was pretty challenging. And for our department level, the, the most um, hardest thing for us to do was that the fact that we had to reduce our patients. So we had to literally call each patient telling them, you know, you cannot come to the hospital unless you're really ill or unless you have, you know, like if you have cancer, definitely you come. So we don't postpone those kind of cases, right? So, but we had to reduce our numbers because we see about 
100 to 150 patients in a day in our, in our clinic. So there's no way we can allow that number, the amount of patients to come to our hospital at this time. So, and our elective surgeries, we had to cancel as well. And um, patient gets, like, they get so frustrated, you know. Explain a little bit what elective surgery is for those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> elective surgery meaning it's a planned surgery. Okay. Like, yeah, like, for example, removing someone's tonsils or, right. you know, things like that. So, basically, we have given them a date, like, probably three, four months ago, some six months ago. And then when it comes to, you know, it's their time to do the surgery and we tell them, oh, sorry, we cannot do. They've waited this long. So there's a lot of frustration and some of them get really angry. And um, yeah, we needed to deal with that. So that was the initial phase. And I think in the beginning, patients did not really understand the severity of this COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they didn't. Only I think now, I think people are more understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think within the first week of MCO, I can say it was pretty chaotic. Patients were coming, banging on our doors. They want to see a doctor, you know. So, yeah, things like that. It was pretty um, chaotic, yeah. But I think now it's a lot better coming on to what our third week already. Yeah. So, yeah, it's more yeah. in control right now. But I'm guessing, yeah. uh, you know, from from a patient standpoint, I mean, every patient, <coughs> their case is more severe than the next, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. That, that you, as a medical profession, now have to kind of subdue them a little bit uh, to uh, explain how yeah, yeah. the COVID patients are at this point in time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so you're saying that pretty much even if you were not like a frontliner, um, the mm. other hospital staff had to be mobilized. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Our nurses, our medical assistant, even our medical officers, they all had to be mobilized to the frontline. And so we had to function at a much smaller capacity. Yeah. Right, right. Mm. So now that we're in our third week, do you think that there is, I wouldn't say some sense of normalcy, but it's a, it's a bit more structured uh, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot more structured. It's our new normal. <laughs> so yeah, everything, even our lift, we limit people that, go, that goes into the lift, you know. And um, yeah, and we block a lot of entrance because we just limit patients into one entrance because you can only set up screening areas at certain areas. So yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that the work uh, of the medical <coughs> and uh, you know the the amount of time that you have contributed, you and your fellow colleagues have contributed. Uh, I believe. Mm. Um, Yesterday and today, we started to see a reduction. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's very, very comforting. Um, I know. Uh, yeah. So, you know, hopefully... Uh, hopefully the, it stays. <laughs> it stays, yeah. Uh, yeah. The burden at the hospitals will be slightly uh, lifted. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, yes, it's challenging for the rest of us to in our context, it's challenging to stay at home, but nothing in comparison to what 
you know yeah well i think everyone has their own challenges honestly but um for me for serdang it's more of a screening center for covid we don't treat covid patients that's difference yeah so the frontliners are basically in the covid tent we set up covid tents outside the emergency department and um once they are diagnosed as positive we send them out we send them to sungai buloh Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's the protocol, yeah. So talking about Chinese, you're a uh, your doctor, you're a wife, you're a <laughs> daughter, you're a mother, you're everything. You 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 wear so many <laughs> uh you're <laughs> so how how challenging has it been? Um uh, you know, you can you can obviously this last few weeks has been kind of compounded. Uh, you know, yeah. but yeah. prior to this, uh, as a female, you know, as a as a female that has a professional life and a personal life, um, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of other women also feel overwhelmed uh, sometimes. Mm. How do mm, definitely manage all this because uh, I I'm just a professional. Uh, you know, I am a career woman, but you know, I I don't have kids yet, so. I can do that. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <coughs> you, um, you know, career moms out there, but share a bit about how you manage, uh, you know, your family as well as your career. Um, I think, first of all, for me, that is, I have to be at peace with myself that, you know, that being a mom and being a career woman, being a doctor, I have to tell myself, you know, that I cannot be there for my kids all the time, you know, and I have to make peace with that. This is my career path that I've chosen. So when I have made peace with that, I think I can handle it better. Mm-hmm. And also I need to explain to my children as well, you know, what I do, you know, and things like that. So, um, and Yeah, so the thing is, I am not able to be there for them all the time. But between me and my husband, we always make sure that one of us will be around for, you know, important things at sports, the concerts or whatever, you know. At least one of us is available. So I I think that's how we handle it. But um, for me, I think um, I'm thankful. Alhamdulillah, I think I'm blessed in a sense that I have very good um, family support. I have my mom that stays with me. Well, not now because of the MCO, but before this. Um, I have my in-laws who's like 10 minutes away from me. I have my sister-in-law who's like a stone throw away from me. So, And I have a helper. I do have a helper and she's been with us for like 10, 11 years already. So, and um, Sorry? Good help is hard to come by. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so that's why I say, Alhamdulillah, I, I do have this help and And having a helper that's been with us for so long, you know, she knows our routine, she knows our schedule, my kids' schedule, and so it's, it makes it a lot easier, yeah. And um, having this good family support, I think um, it helps in terms of if there's an emergency or there are things that I cannot make it for my children, then either my mom will go or my mom-in-law will go or my sister-in-law will go. So, you know, it will sort of help each other. And so that means I'm not the only person who's doing everything. And so... Yeah, in that sense, I think that's how I handle it. That's how I handle my busy schedule. There's two points there that I want to uh, dive in a bit more. Number one is you you mentioned that 
you have to be at peace with mm. um, yeah that's something very hard for women to do and to accept um, it is uh, you know we are so conditioned especially in the Asian culture I would say yeah yeah we want to do more and it's like never mm. enough Uh, yeah, and you have this mommy guilt inside you, you know? Uh, yeah. And um, unfortunately, there's only so much that we can humanly do, uh, humanly do within the given amount of time. Um, mm. And uh, mm. that's a very good point that, you know, you established that you need to be at peace and you actually follow through because uh, yeah. I think... Um, a happy mom makes a happy family, right? If you're not at mm. yourself, mm. Mm. Your, your family, your kids will not resonate. Yeah. 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 And, and the second point you brought up was that uh, you've got a good support system. Now, um, mm. that also, I think, is something that a lot of women find challenging because mm. they don't want to ask for help sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, you know, it it goes back to the guilt or the shame of, mm. of I should be able to cope. Yeah, you know, why should I ask for help? So, uh, you know, some of them would feel, uh, what if people judge me if I ask for help? Mm. Right? Yep, yep. You I think woman, you I know. went through that probably with my first kid, but mm. after having three, um, I've learned. Yeah, <laughs> and basically I don't dwell on things that I have no control of. So I just, you know, let go and be happy that, you know, there are family members there to help. And and also I need to communicate with my kids and communication is key, you know, because they will ask me, they will tell me, mommy, why, why are you not around? You know, other mummies are around. They, they help out in schoolwork or things like that. Or, you know, sometimes... In school, they have carnivals and things like that. They have mummies who come and volunteer. I never, never around. So, you know, and then, so I, I have to keep on telling them, you know, you know it, what I do. And, and sometimes when they are sick and they're at home, and I cannot be home with them, but I'm taking care of sick patients at work. So it's just, it's, you know, if I really want to think about it, I get very down. Or So I, mm. I just, you know, I just explain to them. And I think... With explanation, they understand, and I think that's how we, you know, we cope with it. Yeah. And uh, like you mentioned, communication is very important because um, if you communicate when they are in their formative years, uh, then they mm. understand and they value compassion, especially in your mm. profession. Okay? Um, yes. Yes. And uh, you know, uh, I I'm a firm believer that it quality over quantity so mm. you know that 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 time that you have with your kids you're actually focused i'm sure entirely on them yeah, um, yeah. you know and that makes it probably even more valuable than if you spend you know like the whole day but at home yeah. on the phone yeah yeah, yeah that's true yeah okay. because i have limited time with them so i really you know Focus on them when I, I get to be with them. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that um, you're, uh, you know, you kind of take turns with your other half to be at home. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
your other half is also a, a medical professional, right? Yeah, he's so a surgeon, yeah. He's a surgeon. Is he now uh, serving on the front line? <laughs> he is recently, very recently he was roped into it. Um, yeah, currently, yeah, he is. Okay, uh, can you share a little bit of uh, how his day is like now? Um, first of all, I think he's doing pretty well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because basically overnight he had to turn from a surgeon to a physician. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, he was in surgical ward all this time and now he's moved to the COVID ward. So um, in that sense, you know, there were there were things that he needed to learn and of course adapt to. But of course, I'm sure he's able to do it. You know, all doctors should be able to treat you know, the, um, COVID. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a huge difference for him. Um, but I think he is handling it quite well. Um, in terms of how he is like at work, um, I think to go into this COVID team, first of all, you need to learn how to, there, were, there is a strict protocol that you have to learn, mm-hmm. which is donning and doffing your PPEs. You know, donning meaning you're putting on. <laughs> donning, okay, U N N I N G, okay. Donning uh-huh. and doffing. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, so it's a very stringent um, step that you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to basically be fully protected. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, and all of us have to go through that training. So, uh, yeah. So basically, he is dressed in full PPE all day long, treating patients. And um, when he comes back, of course, we have this stress, you know, obviously we are more stressed now and we're more anxious, you know, what if he brings back anything? Mm -hmm. Um, So for him, we've created like an SOP. (laughs) So so he comes back home, Mm -hmm. he doesn't enter the front door, he goes through our back door that goes straight to the toilet, shower, he removes whatever, you know, his clothing separate in a plastic bag and we wash it separately. And his phone and his watch, whatever, wallet and things like that, we put it aside, sanitize everything, then only he is able to um, see us or see the kids. But at the same time, he does not, you know, he doesn't stay in the same room as us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he sleeps separately and he basically does, you know, sort of social distancing with us. He's not isolated from us, but he tries to sort of keep away from us, yeah. Is this normal among most of the frontliners to go through this protocol when they're back home? I think generally, yes. Um, but I know that there are also frontliners that they don't stay with their kids. Um, I think those, especially those without help, so they they live like they probably send their kids back to the kampung and things like that. And they or, and also these frontliners, I actually provided hotels um, mm. that they can stay in, yeah, which for free. So there are some people who take that option, mm. um, but. For me, I think that's a very difficult thing to do because at work, you know, you, you are really stressed at work and you want to come home to be with your family, right? I mean, that's, that's your happy drug, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, to not do that, I think it's, it's, it's not easy for us to do. So, that's why we create this thing, you know. I think, I think for frontliners who are in full PPE, all the time, I think they are actually safer than 
a backliner like me who we are not in full PPE all the time. So we are exposed to patients who are may or may not be COVID, you know. So, um, yeah, so I think he is probably, you know, safer than me. So, yeah, mm-hmm. technically speaking, yeah. Well, um, you know, you're, you mentioned the protocol uh, that your husband goes through when he gets home. Uh, the uh, my previous guest on the show, uh, she has mm. also started that protocol because uh, she lives with parents who are mm. obviously elderly, and mm, yeah. her dad was a cancer survivor. So mm. you know, she goes to she she's adopted that protocol, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, for the rest of us who are not so uh, susceptible. Uh, we really have to, you know, count our blessings, you know, um, because when she explained to me, she's got a sanitization station right <laughs> of her door. Same here, same uh, here. <laughs> At every corner of my house. Correct. <laughs> so, you go to such great lengths um, yeah. to protect your family. Um, yeah. That in itself, um, you know, is, is, is actually a beautiful thing, I think, because that's when you realise you know, nothing else matters, right? It's just mm. family's health. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to uh, expand a little bit on how has your kids reacted? How do you explain the situation to your kids? Yeah, so my kids, they are, I have three of them, 11, 8, and 2 and a half. Yeah, so the 11 and 8 year old, they are pretty understanding but even that we had to explain like that day my eight-year-old son he asked my husband he said you know daddy because usually he sleeps with him mm-hmm. um, in normal situation so now he can't so mm-hmm. he's very upset about that so he asked him like why do you treat the COVID patients now is it because you don't want to sleep with me you know you don't want to be <laughs> and, I, and then and and I think that hurt you know, it, it was like, oh my God, he was really taken aback, you know. So he spent some time explaining to him, you know, this is what we have to do. We are doctors and, you know, explain to him about COVID-19 and things like that. So um, it took him a while to understand, but now he's fine. So like I said, um, now we are getting used to our new normal. You know, when I come back home, usually my kids will be running towards me. But now they know, stay away from mommy until I have showered and when I come out from the toilet. Yeah, it, so they know. So when I come back from work, they completely ignore me now. So <laughs> 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 yeah, which is fine. So um, yeah, so we've adapted that and we've gotten used to it. Honestly, we've gotten used to it. I think we've been in MCO for quite long. <laughs> and today we'll know <laughs> whether it's extended or not. Yeah. But inshallah, <laughs> this will, you know, be over soon um, and, you know, kids and, uh, can get back to a routine that they're more happy with. I yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really feel so sorry for them, actually. Like, mm-hmm. even my youngest one is like, you know, can I go to, to school? Can I go to class? And I said, no, you can't, you know. So, but even now he understands it's coronavirus, like mommy. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It's challenging, you know, explaining to kids. I can imagine, um, like, like even for my mom, my mom's in a nursing home. 
and oh, you know, okay. even even someone you know who is elderly you know she doesn't understand why i cannot visit so yeah you know, yeah like, and i i'm used to visiting her every weekend like at least twice, twice or three times a week and now mm. all i can do is send food and oh, like yeah. her through the glass door you know like yeah. there's no contact right um but yeah. you know like even someone who's like you know uh older uh, yeah not quite totally. you know they're like i think it's harder for the older people actually like my mom i had to send her off to my brother's house hmm. and initially she was like why are you kicking me out the house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I'm like, no, it's not that. You know, and I called my brother. Can you please take Mama away? I'm not take her away, but you know, you have to. It's better that she stays with you guys. So, um, yeah, yeah. Because and again, then the whole uh, emotional guilt comes back again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's been like that. So, uh, it's just uh, a few things that I suppose you know we kind of need to be firm with. Um, because yeah. today yeah. is for everyone's safety, okay? Yeah, I gotta be cruel to be kind. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so um, the other thing I know about you, uh, and this will somehow tie in back to COVID-19, I know that you are also a fitness buff, uh, or you know, you... <laughs> You do, you do enjoy, you know, your fitness sessions. Uh, so, mm. how important is it to keep fit during this time? Mm. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's very important. Um, I, not only because of the health issues, of course, you know, it improves cardiovascular function, reduces cholesterol, and things that I'm sure all of you know, but. Um, for me, it's more that all the mental health benefit that it gives, you know. Um, it gives me this um, mood booster, you know, like uh, it reduces and relieves my stress. And so I, I definitely put it into my schedule, no matter how busy I am, at least three times a week, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less. And um, for that, even I have to explain to my kids, I come back from work. I spend time with you and I have to work out for a while. <laughs> and, um, and also they understand, even my youngest one, I think since he was a baby or when he couldn't even talk even, you know, like I would tell him, you know, I'm, mom is going to work or mom is going to exercise and I'm leaving now, you know. I don't hide and run out and you know just to avoid them from crying so because i've been doing that since he was really small so even now i he knows when i'm like work clothes it's buy for work and he knows if i'm in workout clothes is buy for jogging or whatever so yeah so i need my that time it's only about 45 minutes to an hour and um it keeps me happy yeah, yeah. it's my me time you know so and if you and if you're not happy and if you're not fit, how are you gonna take care of the rest of the household, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your own personal mental health is priority before everything else. Yes. <laughs> Prioritize. And but a lot of yeah. a lot more women need to adopt this, by the way. Uh, and I think, you know, um, um it it 
it's sad when you know women say, "Oh, tak ada masa, no time to exercise." Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that. Yeah, it's all about prioritizing. But I mean, not only exercising. For me, it's important that you have your me time. You know, even spending time with your friends. Of course, now you can't. But before COVID, um, I do go out with my girlfriends mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis, and hey, and you know. My girlfriend. <laughs> so I think it's important that you have your own time to yourself and, you know, to keep yourself happy. Yeah. And, and I, I like your approach with your kids uh, that, you know, you're transparent about what you're doing. It's not mm-hmm. like you're hiding. I am. I am. Very. <laughs> That's good. Uh, tapi, yeah. during this COVID period, like, how do you get in your, your exercise or your fitness routine? Because personally, I got sold off by the security guard at my apartment just for jogging. At around the area. <laughs> around the area at my multi-story parking. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> they told me to blow the whistle at me. They were like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't even outside. It was like, you know, yeah. in a multi-story parking. So, uh, again, you know, a lot of people will use it as an excuse, like, uh, can't believe work out, cannot work out, you know, because yeah. not But uh, I'm sure you have some creative ways of how you work out. For I me, it's so, so much easier now because everything is on IG Live and there Facebook Live. Yeah, so no excuses, right? No excuses at all. Actually, I'm working out more than usual because, you know, I can literally just roll off myself out of bed and on my computer and start jumping up and down and, you know. Very <laughs> so, so, all yeah. those who say, uh, you know, can't jog outside, cannot go to the gym. Look, we have Stay the home. now. Yeah, we do. So much easier. Now. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, last question before uh, we kind of wrap up. Um, mm. Tell or share with us maybe uh, from your perspective, um, how can Malaysian public, uh, you know, the viewers uh, or just everyone in general, be more supportive of the initiative uh, to overcome mm. or to manage the current COVID situation? Um. First of all, of course, my advice is to stay home, you know. Please, 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 please stay home. Um, and listen to the authorities. And um, be responsible, you know. Don't churi churi do some small gathering or things like that. Um, and I think I speak on behalf of all healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Like, be truthful, you know. Um, this is so important because we have had patients who come and they don't declare. They don't declare of recent contact. They don't declare of recent travel. And so uh, it, it really upsets us, you know, like because it's the easiest thing to do. It's just for you to just be truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because if you're not, you're simply just spreading this thing even more. And, you know, what we're trying to do is flatten the curve and, and if you're not truthful, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's not just about staying home. It's also that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think it's very important as well that, you know, we 
try and stay positive. I think a lot of people are going through really rough patch at the moment. Um, and, you know, some people have lost their jobs or like, you know, pay cuts and things like that. So it's, it's, it's so easy that we just fall into darkness, you know, into depression and things like that. So try and stay positive. We can do this. We can flatten the curve. I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I, and um, as a whole, you know, actually, you, you guys are the frontliners, not the doctors. So we are the last liners, you know. <laughs> so if you do it well and we can all achieve this, achieve this, um, basically win this COVID war. We are at war. <laughs> to pivot off what you said about uh, being uh, staying positive if anyone starts feeling like they are about to fall down the rabbit hole please keep mm-hmm. out right yeah because uh, the last we want is for you know huge number of people just feeling negative and, yeah. and that's yeah. not going to be good uh, for uh, our yeah. environment and the loved ones that we have Okay. All right. Um, so we're going to wrap up soon, but I have one more last question for you. You didn't see this one coming, I hope. Uh, <laughs> so this is going to definitely put you on the spot, but I know you can. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> so if you had a choice to be quarantined with one person, and it cannot be your family member. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Who would that okay. be and why? Oh my gosh, like what? Anyone? Anyone. Even if that person is dead but now alive, imagine that, you know, that person is like, they could be like, I don't know, ah, Diana or someone. I know who. I would want to be quarantined with Whitney Houston. Wow. Because that, I can get vocal coaching from her, you know? <laughs> Throughout that time. It's a win-win situation. <laughs> turning a negative into a positive, right? Yes, exactly. Really ah. Houston, yeah? Um, is she one of your idols when it comes to... Yes, yeah? definitely. She is. she is, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sorry? What's your favorite song by her? I have nothing. Please don't ask me to sing. <laughs> hey, you, you put that in my head, okay? No, 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 no. <laughs> I am not going to do that. <laughs> well, maybe we'll call you on to uh, the show again to have like a singing session, sing-off. Yeah, okay. uh, karaoke. Karaoke. <laughs> And then your kids can uh, do backup uh, performance, can? Performance. <laughs> Is your daughter also singing? Yeah, she sings and she plays the piano as well. Yeah. I remember you play the piano as well, right? Guitar more, but piano as well, yeah. But guitar more, yeah. Okay. All right. So, Whitney Houston. Um, and with that, <laughs> uh, I am going to uh, wrap up the show. Thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. uh, Please stay safe. Uh, Thank you for all that you do. uh, And, uh, you know, the rest of uh, the 
staff at Hospital Sergan and all the other uh, hospitals, uh, you know, I'm sure um, the Malaysian public is eternally grateful. Um, and uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Take thank you. you take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.